Well, a warm welcome to the very first episode of Debate, the official podcast from Demac. Mention Demac, and what do you think? You're probably thinking impressive mega projects, uh, unique architectural projects, amongst others. But at the very heart of Demac is, of course, real estate. It's community development. It's home building. Well, for episode one, we have a very special guest for you. And we're going to be hearing from a young woman who grew up in the very home that gave rise to the vision that helped build the Damak Empire. We hear from a, well, a leader. We hear from someone who is today inspiring a generation of young Emirati women, not just to follow in her footsteps, but inspiring them to challenge the status quo, inspiring them to overcome traditionally defined gender roles. It is a warm welcome to Amira Sajwani. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Amira, thank you so much indeed. Uh, A, for the invite. Uh, I couldn't think of a better place uh, to kick off uh, this series of debate. And thanks so much indeed for your time. I know it's a busy, busy time of year for you. So what are we doing here? Well, we want to get to know more about the the Damak brand, but we want to get to know about the people that help to build and, of course, to drive that brand as well. And who better to start uh, with you, Amira? Because just by the very nature of your family name, your surname, a lot of our viewers out there will think, well, of course, Amira was born into this. You know, it was always a given that she was going to take a role to help build the Damak empire, the Damak brand as well. Um, tell us, was it as simple as that for you and for the family as a whole? I mean, it wasn't as simple as that, but definitely from a very young age, we were all very involved in in my father's vision and, and in going to the office and seeing him execute on that vision that he had. So it was a path towards where we wanted to be after our studies and our education. Um, and reaching that path definitely was in our own way, but we all definitely had an incline towards joining the family business from a very young age. So we get to that point. And you sat around the dinner table uh, with mum, dad and the rest of the family. And you're saying, you know what, um, I'd like to get involved in the business. Uh, you've made your name currently as the GM sales and development at Demac, but you've helped to sort of redefine sales at the brand, if you'll allow me to say that. Why sales? <laughs> so sales is one of the core functions of our company. And a few years ago, we were having um, a dilemma between where our sales, where the sales we wanted was and where we wanted to be. And so brokers and agencies play a key role in Dubai's sales market. And that was an area that we wanted to expand and grow and focus on. And so it was just natural for for one of us to focus on it and see where the pain points in that area was in order to better it and grow it from there. And from growing up with your understanding of the Damak brand as well, seeing the opportunity arise within sales, did you see the two as an opportunity to a synergy, if you like, to help develop the brand even further in your own vision, which, of course, had been formed out of your father's vision? Definitely, definitely. But I think one thing that um, not many realize as well is before going into sales, I was actually, I've been through the CRM and through handover and through collections and through litigation. And I spent, you know, seven months on the project site in, in the Mac Hills 2, which is, you know, one of our uh, recent master plans. And I would go there every morning and sit with the contractors. So actually for us as 
a family, it was very important for my father as well, for us all to be very well-rounded operationally throughout all the functions of the company. Um, so where I am today is, is a function of where I need to be based on where our focus is. Um, but we've actually been through the journey and continue every day to be put into different situations. I mean, I'm heading development as well now, which is a key focus for us because of our new projects and, and the trademark that we want to set into the market today based on our new launches. Um, so we go where we need to go based on our priorities of growth and attention. So obviously when you, when you take the, the, the choice to join the company uh, and you, you must set yourself your own goals, your own visions, if you like, as well. How far are we along that road at the moment? I know the journey is still very, very young in its infancy at the moment, but are you happy with what you've achieved so far? And can you give us a sort of insight as to what are the goals moving forward? Sure. I mean, I'm definitely happy with what I've achieved and, and the amount that I've learned more than anything. Yeah. And what I realize is that it's definitely nice to have a vision and we all have a vision, whether it's our family vision and where we want to be as a group, as well as our personal visions of our little departments or little uh, functions that we're actually managing. But what I've learned is actually you're learning every day and your vision transforms every day based on the market conditions and the group conditions and, and, and where our priorities shift to immediately. Um, so as a vision, it's always to grow in the direction that we're all heading and to learn as much as you can learn and to pivot when needed and be flexible in that. But what I've realized is it's more about the journey than the actual end game because there is no end game per se. Mm. You want to be the best that you can be and that changes every day based on what you can be according to the situation and the environment that you're in. So fair to say that this is very much a work in progress. It's definitely so. It's definitely so. But one thing that there is no denying is um, your almost legendary. I, I feel so awkward saying legendary, given the fact that you are so young <laughs> in age. But it's much talked about, not just within demand, but also within the industry as a whole. Your work ethic, the work hours that you put in, the, the amount of time you give to the brand as well. Where, where did you get that work ethic from, Amira? I mean, I can't even think twice before answering. That work ethic definitely comes from my father and um, us growing up seeing the work ethic that he had and continues to have today. I mean, you know, some days he'll tell us, he goes, you know, I still work harder than you kids. And we say, you're right, we're not even going to deny it. Um, he works incredibly hard, whether he is on a plane visiting three destinations a day for work or he's in Dubai and he's, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's funny he got home, he got back from a trip this morning and he landed at 6 a.m. and he had a car meeting at 6 a.m. And I saw it on his agenda and I was just thinking, well, that's an unlucky manager that has to make that meeting. Um, but he has an incredible work ethic. And so it's only natural that we've learned from him and we see him. And to a level, we aspire to be like him. And that, I think, drives us even harder. And in terms of that, that, that work ethic, at the same time, you seem very level-headed, very grounded in uh, your role, both uh, as an ambassador for the company, as a daughter uh, of the visionary of the company, but also uh, as a wife and as a mother and as a daughter as well. Um, I know we're going to delve into balance a little later on, but where are we at with home, work, life balance? Um, I think that's a great question. So I became a mother a year and a half ago, and I think that definitely changed things massively. Um, before that, it was very easy to just 
focus on work and nothing else and, and look at your priorities. Now, of course, I have a one and a half year old that I have to constantly be thinking about. But I do think it's very possible to have a work-life balance if it's managed well. I think it's actually the the emotional and the guilt of it that takes a larger toll than the actual work ethic and the work-life balance that can be achieved. Uh, and to be very frank with you, you know, my daughter, she just started going to nursery. I think that helps a lot as well because in your head, oh, the kids in nursery half the day anyway. So it's not like I'm missing out on being at home and, you know, they're them being at home. And I think I've come to an understanding to realize that actually, you know what, all kids, whether at one and a half or two or three are going to start school and they're going to they go to school and they come home and they take a nap and they have their you know food and so most of the day actually just goes in that routine mm. um, and I think having that work-life balance of being able to just spend a lot of quality time rather than quantity time is most important um, so for me for example bedtime is one of the times that's very important for me to be there and to read her the story and to put her to bed uh, in the morning before work and to take her to nursery that's an important time for me. Uh, weekends is solely dedicated to, to my kid. So I think being able to achieve that is very possible and having that flexibility of knowing that, you know what, today my work's going to be longer and this weekend I need to work, but next weekend I'll have time for my kid. It's a constant learning curve and a constant battle, but it's just there. Mm. So I'm looking at some of the, the things that you've achieved with Demac, and I think it's fair to say that you've helped to build a much stronger relationship and network of brokers. Now, correct me if, if that is wrong, but if that is right, why? Why, why invest so much into the brokers for a, for a family a brand such as Demac? See, it's not about brokers or anybody else. It's about having the partnerships in the market that will allow your brand to grow. In terms of sales, yeah, our channel partners, our brokers are a very integral part of that because they are the ones who are constantly managing their smaller businesses as a main function of what they need to contribute. And having a large broker channel allows us to widen our reach towards territories, towards geographies, towards the kind of people that we might not be able to reach out to. And it allows us to work with others in order to strengthen our brand together. It also allows us to have mutual understanding of a common vision and a common goal because then you're both working towards, you know, whether it's today selling a product or tomorrow something else, you're working towards something common and it just gives you a lot more manpower behind it and strength behind it in order to achieve it much quicker and much more efficiently. A lot of that though, and again, I'm trying to get to this thing where obviously the profile de Mac has, has, has risen exponentially in, 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 over the years. But very much now when we are recording this, it's right at the top of the pyramid out there in what is a very competitive sector uh, of business as well. But a lot of that's down to relationships of the brokers. If you're relying on brokers and third parties and channels to help promote that even further, in such a competitive market as this, when a lot of people are coming to town and say, whoa, I'd like a piece of that pie, etc. How do you maintain the relationships with the right people? See, that's a really good question. Um, to be very honest with you, I think a big part of it, especially in the beginning when I first took over this role, was actually just to listen. Yeah. I mean, my first three months, I started visiting brokers personally and, you know, 
a few of them would even not talk much. And I would say, just tell me what you're thinking. And he goes, no, you know, it's fine. I say, I'm here to take your criticism. And so for three months, all I did was take criticism about what we were doing wrong. I mean, I remember at that point, not one broker I had met had anything nice to say because I started with the people who were not selling for us to see I just wanted to understand why are you not selling for us? You know, what is the problem? We have a product, we have our commission structures in line with the market, we have support functions. What is the issue? And for a few months, all I did was hear the issues. And a lot of them, you know, 98% were just quick fix issues mm. of, you know, we don't have access to this. You know, we can't book through your online portal. When we call, the inventory is not easily available. I can't visit. Whatever small issues they were. And listening to all those allow me to actually understand the issues of the market and be able to put a plan as to how we're going to progress from there. And being able to do that allowed me to get to know most of these brokers personally. Mm. Um, and today, you know, every event we have, I, I attend personally. And I always look forward to meeting brokers because every time I sit with them, I learn something new. And it doesn't matter what it is, but you always learn something because they're on the ground they're out there, they're sitting with the clients. And I think that's very important, not just for sales, but just as a brand to understand what is the market perception and where can you do better because there's always room to do better. And where are you doing really well? You know, this year we've, we've had an incredible year and I think our brand as a brand has been elevated massively because we listened and we actioned on a lot of the things that people were saying and we just, you know, we had to just hear them and take those moves in those directions to say, okay, we will give you what you want. Do you know what? I'm so glad you've said that because I think it is one of the best pieces and possibly the most simplistic pieces of advice out there. But how many people don't listen, not just in the real estate industry, but in life in general? Would you proffer that as advice to not just young Emirati women, but young businessmen looking to make their way? Definitely. I think it's so important to listen because if you don't listen, you don't even know what the people want. And if you don't know what your audience wants, there's no way you're going to deliver. You're always going to be delivering based on what you think they want and based on what you actually want. But in order to succeed in a market as competitive as Dubai, you have to be delivering on what your audience actually is asking for. Uh, and the only way to do that is to listen to the people who are actually on the ground and working with them daily and, and communicating with them daily to see where you can help in that transition. There's a lot of noise out there. So you've got to break through the noise and listen uh, to that sage advice. Um, I said there's a lot of noise out there. Um, there would be that perception as well. That a lot of that noise is created by men as well. <laughs> I'm going to get, I, I said I wasn't going to use the phrase, but I'm going to use it. A male dominated uh, industry. That is one of the catchphrases uh, of real estate here. Is it a male dominated industry? Has it been? Have you, have you, have you found it difficult to sort of find your feet within the industry? Look, I'll be completely honest with you. I grew up with three boys. I have three brothers. So when people say, you know, I get this so much where people say you're in a male dominated industry. And I think I have never felt that because I grew up in a male dominated house. So for me, it's very natural to be around males and to deal with, you know, with men. Um, I understand why people could say that. I see the industry around me and I say, I think, okay, it is majority of it is men. Um, but I don't think that's an issue. And I don't think that should stop any woman from aspiring to enter the industry. I know a lot of strong women in this industry as well, who are doing phenomenally well. And I think it's just a matter of a mental barrier that needs to be broken in order to say, 
I can enter the industry. There's nothing there's nothing stopping me. Mm. Yes, there's more men in the industry, but then there's also industries that have more women and you don't see it stopping men from entering them. Mm. Do we need more C-suite women in this industry at the moment? You mentioned that it's well populated and you just have to go out there and speak to the brokers and speak to the agencies, etc. But when it comes to decision makers, could we do more, do you think? I definitely think there's always more room for diversity and it yeah. doesn't matter what kind of diversity, but diversity always brings different opinions and different viewpoints. And that's important across any industry, regardless, real estate included, um, where where there's top companies that are women dominated and women led that are succeeding. And there's top companies that are male dominated and male led that are succeeding. So I don't think there's a one size fits all. I think any new viewpoint and any uh, diversification of opinion will always be a contribution on the table. The reason I'm asking that is that obviously we're coming up to some very significant dates um, this month, International uh, Girls' Day, uh, to be recognised during October. I know that you recognised International Women's Day this year with a, a, a very well-received blog post as well, celebrating three Emirati women who were contributing to the ongoing success story of the UAE. Um, again, how important is that for you to get that message across, not just from an Emirati point of view, but also from a Damak point of view? I think for me, it's very important. I'm very in tune with, you know, admiring women who are in positions of, of status, yeah. of power, because it's very admirable to see the efforts put behind that. I mean, my daughter was actually born on International Women's Day last year. Um, and I'm pregnant and I have another, I'm expecting another daughter on the way. And to be a mother of hopefully two daughters, I think it's so important to show them growing up as well that there's nothing stopping you. There are women who are doing whatever they want to do and they're achieving their dreams and their vision and, and they're pushing forward. And there's nothing stopping anybody from doing what they want. You just have to work hard enough. So I think those those women that you know are admired in, in, in UAE and globally are women that should be admired and they should be put on that pedestal of aspiration. And, you know, I would love for my young daughters to look up to women and say, you know, I want to be like her. Looking at it from a mother's point of view and to mums out there, working mums out there that are tuning into this and going, yeah, Amira, I get it. And that's what we want to do as well. But the guilt, the guilt, I'm racked with the guilt on a daily basis. We hear this all the time as well. What's your advice to them, those looking to achieve within the corporate world, but also be a good mum. See, I won't lie. I'm still struggling struggling with that guilt myself. I won't my keep you any longer then. <laughs> my daughter is only one and a half and I struggle with that every day, but I've gotten much better with dealing with that. And, you know, my father gave me a piece of advice. He said, when your kids are older, you want them to look at you and think, I want to be like my mom and I want to be a strong, independent woman who went after her dreams. So he said, there's nothing wrong with setting that example for your kids, you know, Focus on giving them quality time and focus on giving them their needs and being there for them. But it doesn't mean that it should stop you from going out and, and, and achieving something. And, and that really, it hit close to heart because he said something. He said, today, and you know, my father, he knows that we, we, we admire him in a big, very big way. Mm. And he goes, you know, you guys admire what I've built, but it was hard work. And if I had let the guilt of, you know, traveling on a few weekends or working late a few days stopped me, then today I wouldn't have built this for you.
for you to come and 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 work in and and build and and admire and he goes there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that for your children and and i think that really it 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 helped me with my guilt quite a bit because it made me realize that you shouldn't think of your kids as as a burden on your own dreams mm. you should think of them in a way of i want to further my dreams for them so that they can see that they can also achieve their dreams is there anything wrong with asking as well i know that sounds like a really simplistic question but again you know a lot of people will sit there and just accept their lot etc especially for young women looking to make their uh, make their way in business at the moment especially young mothers as well is there anything wrong with going to bosses like you going to other bosses in business and asking for support I don't think so at all. I think there's no shame in asking for help. Everybody needs help at some point. And you know, we say in Arabic there's a saying that says one day it's me, one day it's you. Mm. Uh so there's nothing wrong with it and I don't think it should even be bifurcated by gender. You know, there are many men that need help at times as well, you know, they're overwhelmed with work and and I don't think it should be related to um a factor of shame. Mm. In terms of what makes you tick as well because we've sort of touched on the fact that you know you've got a young family you are building a family at the moment um and yet at the same time you've got this huge responsibility uh driving the sales and development for the Demat brand um what gets you out of bed in the morning what makes you tick so actually you know funnily enough i think all of that makes me tick <laughs> it is the drive to actually want to see growth build something sustain something and you know as cliche as it sounds after i became a mother what makes me tick is actually the small moments with my kid just to see those first steps and to see them start talking and to see them you know get excited after nursery uh and i think it's more about the daily small things that make you get out of bed and and want to drive um rather than something that's just one big destination hmm. okay uh, we're going to wrap things up and there's only one way can wrap things up and that is going to be of course that that piece of advice i mean you mentioned and you've been so kind to give us a little insight into some of the advice that you've taken during your development during your education during your your early business career as well what advice do you give though to our to our to our viewers out there in terms of those looking to get ahead i think the advice i would give is just keep going at it just keep going at your dream at your vision at where you want to be you know there's always ups and there's always downs and you're always going to fail and my father always tells us this he says if you haven't failed enough in life you'll never succeed because you'll never learn enough so i think the advice that i would give is just keep going after what you want and allow yourself to learn and pivot there's nothing wrong with changing what you want with changing your own dreams and visions based on how you change as a person throughout that journey um and i think that's very important i think sometimes people get fixated on what they where they wanted to be a few years ago and somewhere along the line even if that's changed they just keep going towards that same goal and i think you know being in my let's say prime years of my 20s when you graduate university what you want in life is very different than a few years down the line when you actually start working and you know start a family and see what life actually is and i think you should be open to actually saying you know what what i wanted 3 years ago is not what i want today and that's mm. okay i'm going to change it and i'm going to work towards something new and what a brilliant industry to be having those those sort of visions as mo- at the moment as well a- again in conclusion and i know i keep saying in conclusion i've done it 3 times now but in conclusion talking of 
Demac. Talking of the, the the landscape we see around us at the moment. Talking of the potential. Talking of your the years that you've got ahead of you working with this brand, helping to build this brand, helping to take forward the vision of your father. Give me an idea of what, what the potential is, not just here in the UAE, but elsewhere. I mean, look, as a group, um, as a family group, we're actually um, looking at several paths of growth. We've started our data centers business, Edgenext, which is on path for incredible growth. We bought the fashion brand Roberto Cavalli a couple of years ago, which we're now uh, looking at. Uh, we bought the jewelry brand Di Grisagono. Uh, we have obviously our property brand, and then we have several other things that we're working on. So as a at a group level, we are definitely looking at a lot of growth in different aspects and different industries. And that's always very interesting for us to mm. get that exposure across, you know, not only a tower, but what's the next fashion line for next season going to be. Um, and I think that's very interesting. And we're all very keen to see what we can do by finding the synergies across all these, like mm. our project that we announced, which was the Cavalli Tower. Uh, and I think that was the first tower that was Cavalli branded. Um, and we're always looking to see where we can grow together. Future's bright. Future's bright. Very bright. Right. Future's demand. Um, listen, just very quickly, we are going to close up, Amira, with a quick, quick fire round. You okay with sure. that? Sure. You up for this? So again, quick fire by name, quick fire by nature as well. Whatever one or two words come to mind, as soon as I fire this question at you, uh, that would be great. So let's start with the first of our quick fires, which we hope to make a regular feature uh, for the debate podcast moving forward. So, you ready? Ready. It's a yes or no, this one, okay? Okay. Is work-life balance a myth? No. Question two. And does a woman really need to sacrifice her family life to advance in her career? No. Question three. Again, in one word or two, whatever you want. Uh, finish the phrase for me, if you can, Amira. Financial independence is? Uh, I would remove the is and says gives options. I like. Um, and finally, from us to you, uh, our last quickfire. What's a must-have? in your home and every home? Food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, without it, we would be nowhere, would we? I mean, we're a huge foodies family. So the kitchen's the place. The kitchen it? is, the dining table is always a place. We're always constantly, you know, we have some of our friends say, you guys eat a lot. And we say, yeah, we are very big on on the latest restaurants or the latest food or traveling. You know, when we travel, our plans in the day will revolve around where we're going to have lunch. Not, we're going to be in that area and we'll just pick a bite. No, we're going to go to that area because we want to have lunch there and then we'll just hang around over there. But the best decisions are made around, the best fun is around those <laughs> tables, isn't it, as well? Listen, I won't keep you any longer. I know that bedtime and bath time for your daughter is just around the corner. Thank so you've you. got to get back for that. Um, Listen, on behalf of all the team uh, at uh, Debate, uh, thank you so much indeed. Our, our very first guest on episode one of what I hope is a long old series. No, so thank you. It's thanks been a for pleasure. your time. Thanks for your insight. Thanks for your honesty as well. No, it's been a pleasure. Last one. Do you mind sure, if we have one more? Sure. 
Is your dad a good grandfather as well? He's a great grandfather. He's a great grandfather. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Thank you so <laughs> much indeed. Listen, thanks so much indeed for listening to uh, Debate, which is, of course, the official podcast uh, by Demac. Listen, you can download or listen on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and make sure you tune in for the next one. Until then, from all the team down here at Debate, thanks so much indeed. Thank you.